You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. This is the VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes, except when we do a Blu-ray brand new, kind of brand new movie. Yeah, which we're doing this week for uh, our Batman weeks or month. It's like it's it's gone by so fast, you know? It's like you haven't even been here. You know, I, I blinked and I missed it. <laughs> uh yeah for anybody who was wondering i moved and it was hellacious uh my last apartment tried to kill me so i've moved and i have bettered my situation then i can return to the subject that it's it kind of super bums me out because uh batman's like one of my favorite things ever and i missed out on three batman movies for this month but uh, at least i got to catch the last one because i was like I really want to watch this movie, and I want to be on this podcast, at least one of them, because I love Batman stuff. Well, that movie is Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It all happened so fast. We have to stop them, Batman. Whatever they are, they're going to regret stepping foot in Gotham. This is a big score, gentlemen. It's the bat! Fire! Fire! Do I look like a friggin' bat to you? Huh? I've read rumors about a supernatural bat creature in Gotham, but I assumed it was an urban legend. Ninja Turtles? We came to Gotham to stop Shredder and the Foot Clan. man who'll help us destroy this city is right behind this door. <laughs> oh, come on! Robin, Batgirl, these inmates were the deadliest criminals in all of Gotham. <laughs> Let's move. It's time for this city to destroy itself. Take them down. We need answers. You're welcome to try. Think fast. He thought too fast. We're not your enemy. This is still my city. If they're ready for a fight, we bring them a freaking fight. You are no match for me. Let's end this. I can catch you up on everything from the last three movies. One, Batman, uh, Mass of the Phantasm, John and I both liked. Uh, two, Mr. Freeze, we had mixed feelings. Neither of us liked the really long title and the kind of goofy VHS cover. And the third one, Batman Beyond, was we were both kind of in between. Uh, both wondered, again, why are these titles so long? Couldn't it have just been Return of the Joker? My quick catch up for, you know, this is what I would have said had I got to be on the episodes uh, for the other ones. I think Batman Mask of Phantasm is a masterpiece. I love it. I've seen it a bunch of times. I saw it a few times in theaters and like revival playing. I adore Mask of the Phantasm. 
I really like Sub-Zero. I think it's fun. I don't think it's the best, but I enjoy it. Return of the Joker, I really haven't seen in a long time, but I have seen it before. I do own it, and I think it's okay. I, I think I remember liking it. Uh, so I kind of, I'm kind of with you guys, but a little pushed a little more positive uh, for those three. You know, Sub-Zero and Return of the Joker, th- there was there was ups and downs throughout it. Like, oh, that was really cool, but eh, why did they do this? And, you know, we kind of back and forth, but I think all three of us are on the exact same page. Mask of the Phantasm just knocked out of the park. Really one of the best, I think, Batman movies, period. I was glad that we were going to cover it, and I'm glad you guys were able to. I hope people that like Batman stuff that maybe don't do the animation at least would check out Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, and I guess that's where this one kind of falls for me is I'm not going to say I don't do the animation. I just kind of like checked out for a while on the animations, and then when I came back, like right now looking through them, I just... I couldn't believe how many there were. Yeah, I've tried to see a lot of them. I have not seen all of them, and I probably won't see all of them for some time, but I've seen a huge chunk of these. And I, like I mentioned at the top here, I'm a huge Batman fan, and I have really liked pretty much all of these, like kind of direct-to-video Batman releases that have come out since like Gotham Knight through the you know year ones and the dark knight returns and the killing joke and all the different ones that they've made i've liked them all i've enjoyed them all i think uh i, th- I think these are kind of sleepers that like all of these animated direct-to-video things that they churn out you know two three times a year are good they're making good stuff yeah i haven't seen one where i've specifically remembered like wow i can't stand that they all seem to be kind of like the floor's high yeah and they take it seriously too you know it's not like they are cheap they don't really feel like rushed they just feel like this is batman we're going to treat it with reverence and we're going to do we're just going to make a good movie i'm assuming you get people who really love batman in charge of most of these and i feel like a lot of them like especially the big comic adaptation ones like the dark knight returns part one and part two they feel like they're born out of fans that just really love the books yeah i think that's exactly what it is Before our feature presentation, let's listen to a Kickstarter from our friends at WLP Radio. Haley Piper, Patrick Lacey, S.E. Howard, Waylon Jordan, and Jeremy Herbert. Five acclaimed authors of horror and dark fiction. Their twisted tales appeared in the acclaimed horror anthology Worst Laid Plans from Grindhouse Press. Now, their tales of vacation terror are coming to the big screen in a feature film adaptation from Genre Blast Films. Five acclaimed genre filmmakers will bring these stories to life. Samantha Koyesnik, John Hale, Vanessa Yonta Wright, Michael Escobedo, and Jeremy Herbert. Worst Laid Plans. Now crowdfunding on Indiegogo. This is one vacation you'll be dying to take. (laughs) And getting into this one, one of the things I noticed on the cover was it seems like everyone has to do the turtles their own way. I don't have a problem with this. It's just sometimes it's hard to keep up with. For me, it took me a minute to kind of adjust to the way the turtles looked here. But then like when I kind of got like a few minutes into it and I saw like the fights were like a little more violent and there was some blood in it and stuff like that. I was like, oh, they're doing the comic books. It took me a minute to kind of realize what why they look so weird to me because I'm so used to the 
87 cartoon look of the turtles which has continued into a lot of the cartoons today so when i saw them here and they kind of have more human like heads and a little stubbier of bodies i was like huh why do they look so weird here to me they're doing the comic book <laughs> yeah the one that got me i guess well Raphael's chin being so cavemanish, i guess you could say i don't quite know but it was donatello's egghead <laughs> And I'm like, are they do are they doing an egghead because he's smart or I, I don't know. I don't quite know what they did with him. He's the only one where I, I had the hardest time because he's tall, he's lanky and he's got that egghead. I'm asking you this, uh, <laughs> anticipating that you are some kind of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles expert because I am not. I am not super familiar with the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is this kind of the first adaptation of sort of a darker Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Because I feel like aren't all the cartoons kind of still the same as like the 80s one where they're a little lighter? Is this the first darker adaptation of these guys? The early 2000 adaptation, which I can't remember if it was Nickelodeon who did it or Cartoon Network, they had darker episodes and some of their tones got a little too dark where they wouldn't even air the episodes or stopped airing the episodes. So they were definitely playing in a funky little realm and... I actually think that's one of the better. Uh, the first one is always, you know, so iconic. But the first one had a lot of cheap animation. Uh, I feel like those the early 2000s uh, run was maybe, hmm, I don't want to say the best. Because a lot of the stories in the first one were fun. I mean, obviously the suited up series that went on that was kind of going on at the same time as the Power Rangers on Fox Kids. That's atrocious. Uh-oh. Some serious fun is taking over Saturdays. And turtles are still leading the stampede on Fridays. With headbanging ninja power that rocks. Saturdays. And a turtle going ape is on Fox. Catch the hit series Ninja Turtles, the next mutation, Friday afternoons and Saturday mornings too, only on Fox Kids. I don't know if anyone remembers that, do you? I remember I remember seeing the commercials and I remember the cover for that one. Like, what is it called? Like the next mutation or something like that. The one they turned into. Yeah, movie. good memory. I remember that, but I, I never saw any of them. I never saw any of the episodes. They're awful. Movie. Yeah, never. they're not funny. I am just out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fandom. I forget which one is which, which I feel like is like sacrilege to say, like for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans, like. I'm like the purple one. I don't know. Um, like I don't, I don't, but I love the movies. Like I did grow up with the movies, but I never really watched the show. I never watched the, com I never had the comics, uh, except for, I think I had one of the super violent ones because it was me, uh, but uh, I, I didn't have a ton of the books. So I don't have like a lot of connections to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which was fun to watch this because I do have all that for like Batman. With the Turtles, I guess, you know, not to go too far in either direction, since this is more of a Batman thing, that the Turtles just have so many different worlds from the comic books that Eastman and Laird originally created, which were very much different and kind of just made as a joke. And it took off. And I don't think they ever I mean, they couldn't anticipate how popular it got. You know, they were just caught in the tornado that they created because everyone saw dollar signs. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see it. And I watched the the toys who uh, I mean, the toys that made us their episode again and just how they were kind of like, well, you know, we we're just sitting around one night and I thought, what's the dumbest thing I could draw? I don't know. A turtle ninja. You know, it's just like how this was created while a lot of like 
comic book heroes were created for a purpose. These ones like just started as a joke and they're like, oh, I guess we got to put a story together with this. And then, you know, everyone else has taken their own spin on it. I mean, even the movies, you know, took a different spin on it and all this stuff, because when I rewatch the first couple episodes of the Turtles, I always forget the Foot Clan. They're they're robots. The Shredder had a bunch of Foot Clan soldier robots and then Mousers and all that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that all came back to me. And it's just funny because it was so ingrained in my past because I grew up on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting into this actual movie, we'll try to stay focused on this. I thought this was a really interesting mashup that I never thought would have happened. It's really mixing like because the turtles are, you know, kind of more like teenager, you know, California surfers and everything like that. Yet most of their world seems like a New York world. So it should match with Batman. So when I started to think of it that way, I'm like, actually, these two seem perfect to have like a a what if comic or a what if movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's even the line in the movie that one of the turtles says where he's like, New York, Gotham, what's the difference? Because like, and there is like in a lot of the animation style and stuff like that, their worlds do look pretty similar. And like, I was curious before I started this because I didn't watch a trailer or anything like that. I was just curious how this was going to play out. And from like, Five minutes in, I was like, oh, yeah, this all makes sense. All of this is like works, you know, all of this clicks together. Yeah. And how the characters were having a lot of fun with it, especially Robin and Batgirl. And then them kind of mocking Batman and Leonardo, like the two super serious people. Mm -hmm. They did a really good the writers, animators and everything did a really good job of gelling all these different personalities. Yeah, I agree. And it really just like kept together all the characters because you've got the Foot Clan, you've got Shredder, but then you've got all the Batman villains that show yeah. up in this as well. And never did it feel too bloated or confusing or anything like that. Like it always kind of made sense, like the way they planned it out. So props to the writers for kind of keeping it all straight and then and playing in these two gigantic sandboxes. Yeah, because when they get to Arkham Asylum and I realize that they're going to like gel all all of these characters, all these villains and everything like that. I was yeah, I was terrified. I was like, oh, no, this is going to get bloated badly. Somehow they keep it together. And I guess it's because they do a good job of telling the audience like this is a distraction. Raja Ghoul and Shredder are the real enemies. Yeah, but it does detour for quite a long time with the Joker. It does. But they do, I the thing I think that works, that makes it work, they do a really cool thing where they do a good what if the villains get infected by the ooze and what do they all turn into? And I was like, oh, that's such a clever concept for putting these two together, like mutate the villains. And they're all different kind of animals and monsters. It was that was super fun. And they did, of course, the Joker is kind of your lead of those monsters (laughs) yeah these and i haven't watched you know we both said we haven't watched all the batman animations but i feel like they have a really hard time getting away from the joker on any of these especially too i feel like having watched several of them seems like not a lot of them have much continuity so it's like when you're restarting a story you almost kind of have to be like well, this is this world's Joker, you know, like they always kind of have to throw him in if they're doing it kind of a new Batman tale that's not connected to anything else. Um, And yeah, so of course he's featured here. 
I also thought it was funny. I was like, wow, you you really keep all these bad guys all in pretty much the same room? That seems like it's not very smart. Oh, Arkham. Of course, but of course it makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I don't even know where to start with this. Is you know We get introduced to all these characters pretty quickly. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are traveling into Gotham because the Foot Clan and the Shredder have traveled into Gotham. We find out that Shredder is working with a mysterious source, so to speak. I was a little disappointed there was no Krang, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> Krang has kind of been replaced with Raja Ghoul. Yes. <laughs> Throughout this process, Raja Ghoul and the Shredder are trying to collect technology. Like we get introduced to the Penguin and then, you know, Michelangelo gets to have all of his lines where he's like, oh, my God, Gotham is batty or Gotham is nuts. And I love it. He's got a gun umbrella. A gun umbrella. How cool is that? Mikey, let's disarm, then compliment him. You lose. Where's Shredder? Shredder? What's a Shredder? You face the penguin! It's a sword umbrella too? I think I love this little guy. They did a really good job with Michelangelo representing us. Just like traveling through this world like, holy shit, he's got an umbrella gun and the umbrella <laughs> gun turns into a sword and it flies and it turns into a helicopter. Holy shit. <laughs> like just, yeah. Very happy to see the penguin have his tricolor umbrella in this because I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, that was really fun. It reminded me of my old action figure of him, <laughs> the penguin. I also like how the penguin kind of was just like, Ah, I'm, I'm gonna rob and steal all this stuff and then when i think the shredder like tells him well i'll kill you you know get out of here there's no money he's like ah whatever i'll put it on my resume just walk <laughs> up like he was such a disgruntled villain almost like he knows he's a b villain i mean not taking away from danny devito and tim burton because tim burton made him an a villain but i think in a lot of people's minds from like the 60s Batman TV show or I feel like the penguin has turned into a B character and it's almost like they were representing that right here mm -hmm. uh, where he's just like, ah, whatever, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, this one, honestly, it did feel like it had, even though it's not directly stating it, it did feel like it was living kind of in the worlds of both of these uh, comic books because there was the way we're first introduced to Batman and he flares out the cape. It's like that classic like comic book shot of him flying through the air, the penguins colors and the way he's kind of more and you were just saying the way he's more like the old school uh, penguin. It does just feel like it almost has this sense of acknowledging that the audience knows these characters and like sort of how they should look and how subtle references to older things in their mythologies and stuff in this that I was really excited to see because a lot of these things, like I was saying, blank slate, they have to start over and they have to kind of introduce you to the world. This one almost does have like an understanding that you know both of these worlds that they play in and here here's some kind of references to the mythology of all of these guys you're seeing. They do a really good job of introducing the characters, uh, quickly letting you understand and not filling in too much. 
Yeah, I didn't need a Penguin origin story in this. You know, just drop me in. He's a criminal. We got it. He had some goons <laughs> and, the, and the turtles took care of him. I was surprised that the Foot Clan is basically just a walking murder group. <laughs> uh, they're trying to take everyone out. Same thing with Raja Ghoul's Assassins League of Assassins. So it was fun for them to get pretty gritty on this. Uh, they were trying to remain true to the Batman world and teenage early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic world. I agree. It's it's a PG-13 movie. They kind of push it. It's bloody. It's pretty violent. It's more violent than I feel like I was kind of expecting for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, especially because the look of the movie is kind of almost like, I want to say like almost like a Cartoon Network-y kind of look to the animation and Batman's like blue in it and stuff like that. Like it's not super dark. It's almost more like purple or something as opposed to like black, like the Batman animated series is or whatever. There's a lightness to uh, the look, the palette of the movie, but yet the theme thematically, this is darker and more violent than I was expecting. I was really surprised when they were just slicing people up uh, or like walking behind a hologram and just trying to stab it in the back. And they're like, oh, it's a hologram. I was like, damn. Pretty early on, like a Ninja Turtle like smashes a Foot Clan's guy's face and it just shoots blood everywhere and i was like oh okay so this is what this is gonna be (laughs) yeah and getting to the kind of like craziness of when they get the the what if comic of arkham asylum where and i i do wonder if this was based off a comic i don't know but i have a feeling it was yeah a lot of these one-offs usually are i i bet the comic is just even crazier uh because they probably had two three maybe four comics of it you know those comic book writers they get pretty deep again a big sandbox to play in the fighting in this the choreography of all these fights seemed really well done and that's what i think they're obviously concentrating on like we've got ninjas we've got batman we're going to combine these two and it's going to get crazy i mean the, the fight between batman and the turtles to start off with was wacky he just beats the hell out of the turtles mm. and then points out later he's just like well I'm surprised I didn't get this type of fight out of you guys uh, the first time we met you. But I guess they're trying to represent that these are kids. They are teenagers. Yeah. So maybe they're a little inconsistent. They needed a little guidance. And then you've got Batman, you know, guiding Leonardo. And I, I thought that was clever. It was fun to see, you know, like Batman and Leo would probably be the, you know, the most compatible Mm. while you've got, you know, Michelangelo and Donatello fighting with Robin or no, Donatello is kind of with uh, Barbara Gordon while Michelangelo and Raphael are kind of fighting with Robin because Robin's kind of a smart aleck in this, uh, a little shit, especially the way he fights. He's a little shit when he's, he's annoying little shit when he fights because he can do all these flips and, you know, he's acrobatic. I was surprised to see him in here. He kind of came in a little later than the like because Barbara Gordon comes in pretty quick and Batman comes in pretty quick. And then Robin kind of takes a minute to show up. And and then, yeah, is exactly what you were saying. Kind of a little shit then throughout. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how fast the turtles figure out where Batman's cave is. And then they're like, Batman mentions, how did you find this place? They're like, well, I just did all this mumbo jumbo. And then they kind of like cut off Donatello. They're like, yeah, we got it. You figured it out. carry on the story um but going back to the arkham kind of what if comic who was your favorite that mutated oh two-face for sure two-face looked awesome uh when he splits off and kind of gets the two heads it looked like a hellraiser 
monster or something. <laughs> was he a jackal? What was that? I think so. Yeah, it did like a either some kind of big dog or big cat kind of thing. Bane is like a cheetah. So it's mm-hmm. not quite like a cheetah if it's a big cat. So yeah, I feel like jackal is like a good descriptor for it. Yeah, I think the scarecrow becoming a crow and how he was flying around is like, I think that one just, it was like tailor made. You know, his name is Scarecrow. You know, of course there'd be a crow inside of it. Mm-hmm. Of course, Batman's is pretty insane. Because there's, there's Man Bat, of course, in the in the comics and the animated series and stuff. But it's more than that. It is like vampire-esque. Yeah, it's very you know, gargoyle-esque. It's dark. It, he does. He looks cool when he turns into the bat. Yeah, I was wondering if they based it off gargoyles, the cartoon, a little bit. Because that's exactly what I thought. And then the theme song came right into my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a hard time adjusting to the Harley Quinn mutation because something was wrong there. Like, it just, it looked a little lazy. Yeah, luckily she wasn't featured too much after the reveal kind of of her because then Joker takes over. And of course, Joker's a big snake and, and looks also pretty cool. Injecting Batman with crazy serum i guess that's what that was yeah joker serum mixed with the with the uh, ooze and then of course they they find an antidote really quick uh barbara gordon and donatello are just over there nerding out and they're like okay we got uh, antidotes for this but we got to do it within the first 12 hours or their dna is permanently blah 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 and so immediately they return batman's villains back to their normal selves I like too that when they introduced it, they kind they never got hung up on like the turtles having to decide if they want to like immediately the one is just like I like being a turtle and she's like oh no it's got to be within the first twelve hours and then so that kind of idea of the story going that way is dropped immediately and I was so happy that they didn't go down that way and then they made a joke with it it's just like but we don't actually uh, know because it's untested and Robin's just like. Yeah, I'm with the turtle. Keep that stuff away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40% chance of killing the person that takes it. And they're like, yep, keep it away. <laughs> <laughs> this had some humor, but still kept, you know, the story moving forward. It didn't get bloated. I was surprised how much I liked this. I didn't think I would dislike this or anything. I just, you know, kind of went into this. I was like, wow, mixing two giant universes like this, you could screw this up pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Get too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever. But they did a good job of keeping this story going, keeping me entertained and making me nostalgic for everything from the past. I'm on board 100% with all that. Like I I felt the exact same way. I thought it was like really funny in parts. I, I like laughed out loud several times. I did. I felt super nostalgic kind of for both series. Yeah, I'm obviously a super huge Batman person, but also like, I like I do like the turtles, even though I'm not super in that world. Like, so it did make me feel nostalgic and nostalgic for cartoons and stuff like that. I just had a really, really, really good time watching this movie, knowing that I was probably going to like it. But then after it was over, I was like, I'm really going to go to bat for this movie because I really, really liked it. It was kind of funny to see Raja Ghul be such a dick to Shredder because Shredder was such a badass in this. And you don't really see too many people get an upper hand on Shredder ever. You know, like the turtles will defeat him temporarily, but that's about it. <laughs> you know how Raja Ghul was just walking around and kind of like, I will destroy you if you don't get me what I want. And he's just like, uh, do something for me and remind me that you're actually a good villain. I was like, damn, Raja. 
I know you're immortal and everything like that, but this dude beat up Batman for a second. <laughs> like, he's no joke. You know, they end up uh, getting into a huge fight uh, after the Arkham. That was one thing that worried me is because when they defeated all of them in Arkham Asylum, I was like, wow, this really feels like the ending. But they did get it going again. It was fun to watch it. But I will be honest, the Arkham Asylum stuff is much more memorable. The the rest of the end of this is just them defeating the bad guy like usual. Yeah, there's about 20 minutes left in the movie after the Arkham stuff. And yeah, it does feel like, oh, I thought that'd be it. But it's like the Arkham stuff is them defeating Batman's villains. Now they got to go defeat Shredder, the Foot Clan, and then and then, of course, Rock. Yeah, so it it did feel I agree. It felt like it was kind of going to be over, but it was only about 20 minutes. So then it, even then when it did end, I was like, oh, that was a breeze still. Uh, but I did have that same thought when I got to about an hour into the movie. I was like, there's still more of this? <laughs> but we did get a T-Rex, which I love, hated. Yeah, because all the all the Foot Clan soldiers, when they get infected by the ooze stuff, they just turn into whatever. And yeah, one of them turned into like a Jurassic Park T-Rex that was chasing them in the car. Because <laughs> some of them turned into like werewolves and then... I thought it was going that direction at one point, and then we get introduced to other animals. You know, we see someone flying around. We see an elephant, which I really like that elephant, by the way. Yeah, good good animation on that elephant. It just looked good. Big fan of that. I just thought that the T-Rex was kind of goofy, and they did dispose of him in a goofy way, so I wonder if that was their whole point. Like, let's turn one of them into a dinosaur because that's just stupid. Yeah, it felt, it felt very kitchen sinky. You know, like, all right, well, what don't we have in here? A dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they're just trying. That's kind of like the turtle world where they're just like off the wall bonkers. Like when you watch the old cartoon or read any of the comic books, anyone who wants to, you can buy like series of the entire comic books on Kindle or, or you can actually buy them as a booklet. Eastman and Laird, whew, their worlds are just bonkers. Like I said, I'm not super familiar because I haven't seen like a ton of the animated series. I haven't read like any of the comic books that came out or like after the animated series. But I did. I saw the Turtle Power documentary a few years ago um, and they had that whole section where they just talk about like them just trying to think of the craziest, goofiest villain to make toys into, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I agree. Like it does feel like the, the some somewhere like the werewolves in the dinosaurs feel like they're born of that same world we're just like they were just making the craziest shit monsters they could think of <laughs> after a while i can't even remember how many seasons there were of the original I, I think it was upwards of like eight nine ten seasons it was a lot it just became bonkers after a while and you could tell the the people who were like doing the molds for these and everything they're just looking up in the air they're like i don't know i think at one point we had turtles and like cowboy costumes and then they were just showing like all the themes of the, it, that was, it was bonkers off the wall uh, a really fun episode oh man i love those so much i hope they keep doing those but i don't know how much longer they can go but maybe there is a lot more toys that i just can't remember i said i'd seen the turtle power thing and they have that section where they talk about the toys in that documentary but i've not seen the toys that made us on the teenage mutant ninja turtles yet so i am excited to watch that episode definitely watch that it's a good one any last words on this before we get into the museum for this one? Just my last kind of thoughts on it overall. Again, we're just, uh, I was really impressed with it, really surprised by it. But once again, another animated Batman movie knocks out of the park. I had a great time I, and I loved that it was 
it delivered on exactly what it said it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I want another one, too. Yeah, I would love to see a part two of this. Give me some Krang. Yes. And uh, Rocksteady and Bebop. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have Batman travel to the Turtles world. Yep. It's natural sequel. I think this was really favorably viewed. I think people really like this. This has like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously not a ton of reviews because it's a direct-to-video thing, but like, uh, I think the people that have seen this one really liked it. So yeah, bring on more. Keep them coming. Don't go too far, but you know, we got to have a Technodrome in there. Got to have Krang. Got to have Bebop and Rocksteady. It's time for Batman to be introduced to the chaos of the Turtles world. <laughs> I'm all for it. You think your villains are nuts. <laughs> just wait <laughs> so let's go on to the museum this is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you that belongs in a museum so do you this is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle and bring something back Indy is bring something back to our Batman animated movies wing of the museum sorry the title's a little long folks got to be very specific with this one yeah we don't want people walking in thinking they're going to get no one's batman or burton's batman or schumacher's batman this is this is a whole new flavor animated animated movie batman (laughs) so what do you got for the museum i'm gonna put in just like i guess it's more of a concept but i really really liked the idea and i think it just signified the the really cool merging of the worlds I really like the fact that they use the ooze to upgrade Batman's villains. Just a great use of, yeah, pulling something from one world and enhancing another. And it's also something like as a little kid, I would have wanted to see. That feels very like playing with my toys. Toy box, smashing Mm -hmm. together whatever property I wanted to, Batman and Ninja Turtles. It's a micro for the macro, but like I really liked the moment where the ooze transforms the villains a lot i got the movie at that point not that i wasn't understanding it or anything but that's just was the crux of it for me so i loved it that's going in the museum for me we didn't even talk about the entire line of toys that they had for this and they're pretty damn good i really like them they made a line of toys just based on this movie yes and they're good nice very cool i would like to see those i'm gonna look that up after we get off of this (laughs) Yeah, I'm impressed. I really like the the Michelangelo in the Batman costume. Nice. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, that was great. I love how much they like his Batcave. They're like, holy crap, this guy's got a lot of money just to burn. It's how much the worlds make sense together because these guys live, you know, under the sewers and they have their little kind of quote unquote cave underground. And it just feels it makes sense that they would, of course, be playing in this teched out almost uber version of their kind of layer and that's what would make the sequel so much fun because like just having batman crawl through the sewers to find them i want this is what i want to (laughs) see it's perfect it's just a nice uh blend of like mega rich and then you got the people of the sewer who are just like doing whatever they can to create shit like i think they even i think robin makes fun of their van at one point you drive around in this and it is, it's like a, it's like a rich poor kind of <laughs> dichotomy that you could do with that. Uh, it's got me thinking now that I would love to see one of my favorite, if not my favorite episode of the animated series it, of Batman, the animated series is the Underdwellers episode with the, the King Croc or whatever, where he's got the crocodiles and the, the little, he's 
uh, got all the kidnapped kids that are living underneath the the sewers. You could have a crossover with Batman going to investigate that and coming and using the turtles. You know, he, that could be your kind of Ra's al Ghul for that next part too. For my wing of the museum, my little section, uh, I didn't actually bring up this character on purpose. It's Dr. Baxter Stockman. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was cracking me up. He's like, I don't quite know if I'm employed by them. I, I've never gotten a check. I'm pretty sure that I, I've been kidnapped. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. And just how the Shredder treats him the entire time. He really needs him, but he also thinks he's a piece of crap. And those little jokes he's making. I really like that character. Dr. Baxter Stockman has always been very weird to me inside of these cartoons and movies he cracked me up yeah when later on in the like when making reference to what you were just talking about when he goes like that's one for the hostage column i cracked (laughs) up great delivery (laughs) it was just a a character that just was so bizarre (laughs) yes (laughs) but great like comedic timing yeah and it was also the voice keith uh ferguson was also the voice of two-face oh okay nice uh, I love looking at the the voice cast and seeing how many of them played multiple characters like Tara Strong was Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy and the pizza delivery girl. <laughs> nice. And I saw that the same guy played Commissioner Gordon and Scarecrow. I mean, that's talent. Also to these all these voices, these these must be all like working voice actors because everyone yeah. sounded familiar and I don't know everybody's names or anything like that, but like everybody sounded familiar and I was like. They got a good voice cast for this together. Yeah, they spent some money for this. I mean, Troy Baker is doing Batman and Joker. That's incredible. And he really is kind of the guy that took over kind of after Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. He's the guy. He's the next guy that did these voices. And he still and he he does it and he still does it. Yeah, he is. He is really talented. He does a lot of voices. It is good to have him here because if you're not, like I said, if you're not going to have Conroy and Mark Hamill, you know, it's like him and Tara Strong are your two next people that you get to be uh, that are legacy Batman players. They do a great job. Everyone did a great job in this. I don't have any real criticisms of this. It's all positive. Yeah, I didn't have a bad time with any that was never bored. I didn't think that we could have cut anything out or anything like that. Like it was a breeze to watch and it was just paced really well. And I, yeah, I've got nothing bad to say about it. The only thing I have to say about it is that I hope people seek it out and watch it. I knew I was going to like it and I was surprised how much more I still liked it after. Okay, so I got a new movie that I watched. Uh, have you seen Psycho Goreman? I have it rented on my TV. I rented it right after I rented this one. <laughs> so I have not watched it yet. Bonkers. It's like Power Rangers on drugs. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I like the director a lot. I like those Astron 6 guys. I like I like Power Rangers. I grew up with that. So I'm excited to kind of see that world. Yeah, I don't want to sell the giant robots, but I'm just selling the creatures. Basically, like whoever was creating all the bad guys for Power Rangers, you know, just like went on a bender. And created all these just like gross, funny, weird monsters. And then they just threw them all together in a sandbox and they're like, fight. (laughs) Great. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) And they have it's such a weird, odd comedy too. the director. You know, he did um, The Void. I don't know if you've seen that. That's Mm -hmm. like a siege hospital movie that ends up being like just a crazy fucking world underneath it. And then uh, he did The Leprechaun. 
the new which one. Which we talked about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this guy's got a really weird sense of humor, and I like it. Yeah, me too. I like I like the stuff that he's doing separately. I like the stuff that he did with Astron 6, like the editor and Man Borg, Father's Day. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm going to continue to follow him. And I, like I said, I rented it right away. I kind of went on a renting spree after I rented Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman. All right, that'll end it this week. Uh, we're going to come back next week next month i don't know whenever we record it next Uh, i get lost (laughs) (laughs) but anyway we are doing a mini franchise review uh just uh we're just doing it before i we do our really large one that uh won our poll Mm -hmm. and we've got another one we've got to complete man we've got we're we've got our shit planned out matt what happened to us we got we've got weeks and weeks and weeks planned out for you guys of franchise digging in. Um, it's both going to be so fun and it might kill us. So <laughs> they're fun though because I feel like I learned so much more about these franchises. And you know, like even though they're big franchises, you know, we all know that uh, we're not doing like some mini franchise from Switzerland. No. <laughs> we're like you said we're finishing one and we're doing two pretty big ones <laughs> yeah. but i feel like there's always tidbits i find and it's just it's a fun kind of like homework assignment but it's a fun homework assignment i feel like a like in a lot of my free time watching stuff which i've had more of lately because before the pandemic there was almost no chance of me watching anything for like joy it was only like what am i playing at my next event what am i showing at this festival? what am i watching for my two podcasts i wasn't really choosing a lot of those to watch but lately i've been able to do that and where was i going with this oh it's real when i choose to watch stuff too i really like going through an entire franchise or an entire actor's uh filmography or entire director's filmography because it's really fun to kind of compare or see an evolution or sort of like swim entirely in the world and get like the complete mythology of something even if it's completely like nonsense like a you know like a slasher series that has 12 entries or whatever like the mythology is all over the place but it's fun to swim in that and that's what i've been doing a lot in like my free time watch so now it's starting to blend into the podcast here we're going to be swimming in some very specific worlds soon it is and you can see the evolution of something maybe even the de-evolution of something yes Uh, you know like seeing characters that drop off or characters that come up or or actors that change you know the character has a different actor and one movie to the next. I love that stuff about the franchises and you really get to digest it. And then by the end, you know, you're about to tear out your hair because you're like, especially with those slashers, you know, like when you get to like the seventh or eighth Friday the 13th, you're like, yeah, I got it. Whatever. Just fucking kill them. Okay, that'll end it this week. We'll be back with a mini franchise review next week. And Matt, I'm glad you're back. I'm back and I'm probably mentally sharper than I've been the last like couple months. So hopefully it shows on the podcast that like uh, I'm not fucking brain dead anywhere because I'm not breathing in mold every day. <laughs> Which is good because I'm uh, preparing for a child. So I will be brain dead soon. So you got to stay sharp. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, no promises, but I, uh, we're, we're in a better direction these days. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So remember to be kind and rewind.